0: Is that what I'm saying?
1: Rough oh. Trade Radio. Rough
2: trade. Yeah. <laughs> trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio.
0: Rough trade, well, trade Radio? Rough trade, <laughs> trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio.
3: Hello and welcome to another Rough Trade shoplifting podcast, very special one this week, because our guest is Liv Siddle, who is the editor of the Rough Trade magazine and also a voice you all know and love from the podcast. Uh, hi, Liv.
1: Hello. What are you doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here?
3: Have you, have you joined a band or have you left?
1: Imagine if I joined a band and you were interviewing me, that would be my <laughs> I dream. Imagine no. if you
3: are in Bicep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think I'm in Bicep. What band would you what think I'd be in if... Go away.
3: Um, no... Um, Give me Girl Rate. Right? No, I means... don't think you'd be in Girl right. Would I be a solo artist? I think you'd probably have, I think you'd be a, a girl singer, a female fronted band, girl yeah. singer with boys behind her. Oh. Yeah, I think you'd be um, <laughs> like <Lying>. Imelda May.
1: <laughs> is that what you think of me? Not that Imelda May is bad, it's just, is no, that? No,
3: maybe like a sort of more, I'll tell you who you like. Um, oh, she, uh, she had a guitar on the X Factor <laughs> and... Uh, She's Scottish, I think. Katie Tansdal. No, but you are like her. <laughs> yeah, that's the sort of thing I think I can imagine you doing. I don't think you'd be in a band.
1: I'd prefer to be in a band. Whenever I meet artists in here and they're on their own, I feel a bit sorry for them, as if they should have. They normally have a band with them, but I. Um, it's, lonely. It's, it's lonely. It's lonely. You know, what, top, you know yeah. how I need people constantly. It would difficult a, to be a solo artist.
3: You're going to need a band, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. You're in a band. So, but you're not in a band. Are you?
1: No, today is my last day at Rough Trade. Oh. So, oh, yeah. Oh. I had Uh, no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking it to you now. Uh, So we thought we'd record a shoplifting with me. With all my shit
3: songs. It's quite egotistical, isn't it? (laughs) Quite
1: self-involved. I I put it in the calendar. (laughs) Forcing you into this. Um, Well, are you going to... That's great. I mean, I'm looking forward to your choice.
3: What are your choices? You've chosen five records. Are they records from your childhood through to adulthood? Or are they just (laughs) records that mean something to you because of the shop?
1: No, I thought I would choose songs that I don't necessarily love, but remind me of different stages in my two years at Rough Trade. Gosh, only two years. It feels like a lifetime. Because it's a strange place to be, and there's music on all the time. So some songs, without you even liking them, you know, start to become in your head the whole time. And sometimes when you hear songs now, I think back to a certain festival or a, uh in-store or a gig we all went to together, all the staff, and it was like, oh, it's a nice memory. So I've kind of put together those. I'm not saying that I don't like these songs, it's just... Yes, it
3: sounds like these are five songs you don't particularly like.
1: <laughs> no, I like all of them. <laughs> it's just not... I wasn't doing it Desert Island Death style. It's doing no. it, like, um, career-wise.
3: <laughs> They're all Korean?
1: <laughs> Korea, Korea.
3: Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so these are, f- these are five, from around the world. <laughs> five
1: Korean songs.
3: What have your first choice then, I suppose?
1: My first choice uh, takes me back to winter 2015. Um, when I first started Rough Trade, I had no idea what the hell was going on. I had been hired via LinkedIn by one of the Rough Trade directors. And I was thrown in here into my dream job. And then suddenly realised that I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was coming into Rough Trade East here every day. And then sometimes on Mondays I would go to Rough Trade West to work there with Sean and Chris. And it was just being thrown into this whole new world of, I guess, quite scary people. Because everyone here is, you know, everyone's nice. But meeting that amount of people at once who are all big music heads and have been here for sometimes like 30 years was quite scary um so I, I also was kind of scared of what music everyone would be into because um I wasn't sure what to talk about or what was cool you know that kind of stuff and um I remember going to Rough Trade West and it was winter walking down Portobello Road I was quite nervous getting there and I'd work in the back room with Sean and Chris sometimes Nigel and I was I was quite nervous of them because they're quite imposing scary official old Rough Trade guys back there they're like legends um And I remember working there one day in the winter and they were playing that album from Tobias Jesso Jr. I can't remember which one it was. Um, And they were just talking about how much they loved it. And Tobias Jesso Jr. is like very soulful, sweet, cute, heartbreak songs. So uh, I was quite surprised actually, because I thought they'd be playing kind of like hard stuff all the time. And to see like Sean (laughs) melting at Tobias (laughs) Jesso Jr. being like, this is amazing. Was just a real, like, oh, like, maybe everyone here isn't into what I thought they'd be into. And it was kind of like, you know, it has gone on from there. Like, every time I find out a staff member is into something in particular that is surprising, it's always nice. And that is true because everyone here is into weird stuff. Yeah. Um, like yourself. Um, so I thought I would pick a Tobias Jesse Jr. song to remind me of the time, my first day at Rough Trade West, in the back room, probably eating a pret nervously next to Sean, listening to him sort of rant about something and. Ooh. I was trying not to laugh because he's very funny,
3: but I was trying to be cool and not laugh. Yeah, he'd hate that. He'd hate you to laugh at him. I know. (laughs) Don't don't laugh at my jokes. Sean hates (laughs) it when you find him funny.
1: (laughs) It's really difficult, though, because everything he says is great. Um, So, this is Tobias Jesso Jr. with How Could You, Babe?
0: And then I guess we tried again, but don't remember why.
3: It was Tobias Jesso Junior. And how could you, babe? And I uh, was sad.
1: I've just seen a toenail on the floor.
3: <laughs> over
1: there. Can you see that? It must
3: be from a band, I suppose.
1: One a, a band or a staff member has been cutting their toenails in the podcast room. So yes, that was my first track. Reminded me of Rough Trade West.
3: It was sad. Yeah. Just a quick thing. Um. You like sad songs? Yeah. But you're a happy person.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, That's strange, I like happy isn't it? songs as well. Yeah, a lot. But I know I you know we're friends on Spotify.
1: Do you like me on Spotify? Please we follow don't. each other,
3: and I see what you're listening to, and it's always just sad things. Yeah. And that was another sad song. Well, I
1: listen to music primarily when I'm traveling on a train or walking. And you're always sad. Uh, no, I'm not sad. I just don't want to be when I'm when I'm working here, um, and I put my headphones and I listen to pure pop. From sort of 90s, 2000s to now, um, Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus, because I, I can't concentrate if I like the music and it, and it, it keeps me... So it keeps you listen I,
3: to music you don't like?
1: At work, yeah. So I can just, it keeps me going because it's quite energetic, but at the same time, it, um
3: Prodigy are good for that. No, not Prodigy. You should no. put Prodigy on. No, like happy... You want to work fast, Prodigy.
1: <laughs> I will never do that. Nothing against Prodigy, but it's not for me. It's good. Fast, are <laughs> I'm not using fire. that so your next it? choice.
3: <laughs> next choice. Breathe. <laughs> Classic. Drop it. Brilliant. Imagine if I chose like a tarantula by Pendulum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Careful. This reminds me of my uh, lunch times I spent alone in the rough trade toilets in my first few weeks here, and I'd put my headphones in and just. How put was on. it
3: when you first started?
1: Uh, you were lonely. I was lonely yeah uh because you started I, at West
3: so you started at West were you lonely at West or were you okay just intimidated by the the legends That wasn't
1: lonely no it was here here was difficult because all the shop staff and everyone I I was brought in to make a monthly music magazine for Rough Trade oh, and That's defeat that And for me I was like I've just got this amazing job It's my dream job to work in Rough Trade and make a Ooh. mag magazine I was like this is a, this is the best um I didn't realize at the time naively that perhaps people might not have wanted a magazine and it was um, not a very welcome idea and they didn't even know I'd been hired it was a bit confusing and so for the first few months I remember kind of being
3: a hated. little bit hated
1: <laughs> yeah beaten up uh, no it was difficult to kind of crack into people and and really have a chat. And I remember not, sort of not really being invited to the pub and then eventually being invited to the pub and being quite nervous. Yeah, it was difficult yeah. starting because everyone's got their own lives and everyone's working really hard and they're tired and they're not really wanting to hang out and make friends and they've got their own little groups as we've now formed our yeah. own group that we push people out of daily. And obviously, if yeah, so
3: someone starts now, they're going to have to go through that No again. chance, yeah. No chance at all. It's I like when in boarding
1: I- schools when, you know, the, the older boys beat the shit out of the younger boys cuz they also went through that. Yeah.
3: bogwash them, yeah. That's exactly. I never went through that really, but um I was immediately accepted. But <laughs> um but I remember when I started cuz I wasn't working loads and you know they'd be like, oh that's live. And people they'll whispers. And people were like, you know, they didn't, you know, there was a problem. There's definitely a problem. So you've done well to overcome that. I can't
1: believe. Yeah. The the idea of people I, I knew everyone was talking about me and I hated it. They were. It was I know.
3: Honestly, some of the stuff they said <laughs> Stop it.
1: It took me back to being in like year five at a girl's school where you just everywhere you go is someone kind of saying something negative yeah. about you. But that said, probably about six months in, four months, six months in. No, the, it was less than four months. It people was people
3: had lost their jobs. And so you <laughs> could start afresh.
1: So I could, Yeah, I just kind of um, killed everyone with yeah. with cheerfulness yeah. and broke them down. Yeah. Bit and, now by bit. He, and
3: now people are sad to see you go. Yeah, I hope... So it's weird, may, so they were well, are like, they? I don't know. Yeah, no, they're sad. People what, are, are they sad. saying behind my back today? They're, people are sad, but there's a sadness around. People are talking... It's a, Yeah, it's sad. It's just a feeling of sadness and loss, and people have come to terms with it. And There'll be
1: a grieving period afterwards. I imagine you're going to wear black. And... I think,
3: yeah, a week or so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not a week.
1: But I remember my next track, actually... Um, I remember coming into Rough Trade those first few months and it was winter and it was cold and I was lonely, lonely and I lonely. was being shunned and I was, I was a bit, I was making this magazine and I wasn't sure if anyone was liking it and it was, you know, it was it was quite difficult but, but really fun at the same time. I remember walking in one day when all that stuff was kind of clearing away and I just about made a few friends, maybe not you just yet, but...
3: No, Tom uh, was your first, wasn't he? Maybe,
1: yeah, because he was new, I kind of leaped... <laughs> he, and
3: he'd just come out of a period of... Probably people not really liking him. Yeah, so we bonded. Oh, they used do. to hate
1: me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um So I remember walking into the shop and Phil Adams was behind the counter. Hated you. <laughs> <laughs> and there was someone else there as well. And in the morning the shop is in Rough Trade East is so empty and, and quiet and tranquil. And Phil used to put on when he was here, he used to put on really lovely music in the morning so you'd come in to something even like classical maybe or something really soothing I remember walking in and hearing this album which I thought was initially I thought was Lou Reed but wasn't obviously and it's a band called Nap Eyes and I remember hearing that and suddenly feeling like everything was okay and I'd finally got to a stage where I could say hello to everyone at the cafe say hello to everyone at the shop go up to mail order say hi to them and everyone you know asked me how I was and and that was great yeah. and this song when I hear it now reminds me of being cold and um, it was kind of turning into spring and then
3: and people suppose, finally liking you yeah that's God, nice, this is such a it? weepy podcast <laughs> it's nice what's this one called it's called A Lion in Chains by Eyes. and you felt like a lion coming out of chains there in a way yeah yeah let's hear it
2: About my hometown I sometimes feel like I'll never get back On the brink A shadow cover is over Whatever future I thought that I could have the sink I wait for the cold water I burned myself here one too many times At the lab they've turned off the hot water heater from the month of June right until July, a lion in chains above them, a lion in chains above them, a lion in chains above them, a lion in, in chains. Passing slowly the hours. Of my discontent, I felt a new craze welling up behind my eyes. In a flood of tears, I gave myself to the heavens, where once a fire of anxious feelings forced me not to cry. A line chains above me A line and chains above me A line chains above me A line and chains Through my window and down across my sight lines To the river where the evening thrush resides Along the water winding through woods and open fields My imagination With a lion in chains above him A lion in chains above him With a lion in chains Sleeping at the crest of a titanic crashing wave I fell to strange dreams of jealousy and the know-it-all crown I wandered blindly through the field I wandered blindly and alone But could not find another one for my protector And my guide Of all God, lions and chains above them God, lions and chains above them Of all God, lions and chains is the cost when the dreams of love are broken grueling the workshop where they're put back together in time i saw gold mines and a different kind of token Here at the arcade I spent about 45,000 dimes if
3: Nap eyes and a lion in chains And it was the second choice For Liv Siddle The editor of the Rough Trade magazine Who's leaving today So we brought her in to do a shoplifting podcast To see what it's like on the other side
1: <laughs> the tables How, are is it? How
3: is it on the other side?
1: Uh, I'm, I, I think I prefer hosting This is, I'm feeling, I feel a and bit you, nervous I'm sweating more than I would normally
3: Yeah and you're doing quite um, a lot of hosting now You're kind of Yeah, just, over just getting
1: really good actually
3: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Did you know you were going to do podcasts when you first joined?
1: They did mention it, yeah. It was meant to be podcasts, filming bands in the in-stores and making
3: the magazine. It's quite a big job. Making tea for bands, were you doing that? Making
1: tea for bands. Making tea
3: for bands. <laughs> um, so you had four jobs. Um, did you have any experience in podcasts? Have you done it before?
1: Yeah, I used to work at a place called It's Nice That where uh, I was for, I was there for about four years and I used to um, be a guest on and then host their podcast called Studio Audience. And it was as ramshackle as this podcast, if not more, it was much more of a chat show. It wasn't interviews. Um, right. This was more, get, yeah. So doing the Rough Trade podcast was the first time I've done kind of getting bands in and interviewing them, which was quite scary at the beginning, I suppose, because a lot of the time I didn't really know who the artists were. So, <laughs> so this, it's quite it? good for interviewing. So I was like, so who are you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: what album have you made?
3: <laughs> That's nice. It's a nice way to meet people, though. Who are you? It's <laughs> good to meet them on the air. What are you doing here? That sort of thing. Well,
1: it makes for more genuine questions, doesn't it? I found actually when I've been interviewing bands and artists that I do know well or I'm friends with, it's not it's not as good. And John told me that as well. He's like, you're better when you're nervous and you're and you're asking questions because you really need to know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> rather than like, <laughs> what you say from blah. And yeah. Because uh, I think that does make you a better host. You seem quite like a, a chilled out host. Maybe you can take up the mantle once I'm gone.
3: I only... Can you I, jump on my grave? I, I can only do <laughs> Oh, is there any more money in it? <laughs> No. Uh, oh, go on then. <laughs> um, I can only really do think I can only do them when I know that they're going to cheap like a record that I know. If they surprise me, like when I did John Morland and he pulled out like a Minor Threat record, that was me. I was like, uh, what, "What have you got? What is that?" I know the
1: worst is when it's an album, a, a really classic album that yeah. for some reason you know you should know it, but you're like, "Oh yeah."
3: <laughs> oh, never mind, Ooh, What's the track? <laughs> That's yeah.
1: Velvet under. I should I' have seen that somewhere? that like Banana I think. sorry I've seen it somewhere.
3: Um, Who was your first podcast? <laughs> Do you remember the first time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember the first one, I'm afraid. Uh, oh. I remember some early ones. Uh, I think the lemon twigs are one of the first ones, and then Frankie Cosmos, and then um, Martha Wainwright was an early one, Danny Fields. They were all when I was kind of still figuring it out. And now it's, I don't have to spend as much time researching because I'm used to it now. And I can, I know what I'm it. doing more. But then I was just asking, I mean, I was just rambling and as I'm doing now and just kind of asking questions I wanted to know and wasn't really paying attention to what the listener might want, which I think is important in podcasts, moving things on so that you can keep the pace up and, yeah. and not letting them drone on for ages about something. <coughs> or letting my <myself>, yeah. <laughs> Something you should anyway, probably <laughs> should take note of.
3: So, uh, <laughs> next choice.
1: <laughs> oh, this is a fun one. This just reminds me of working in Rough Trade East when everyone... It really got fun in the summer. They, and liked, they liked
3: you. Everyone liked everyone me. Everyone liked you. And oh.
1: then there was this comp that came out um, which was about covers. Oh, no, it was, uh, it was a Rough Trade comp and we played it all the time.
3: And it was covers?
1: The best covers, yeah. Okay, and yeah, good comp. Uh, this is a band called Armitage Shanks, which I also brought because I love toilet humour and I will talk, talk about the toilets all the time yeah, in Rough Trade. Of course. And this band is named after a very um, respectable and well-known and popular sort of uh, toilet distributor, I, I imagine. I mean, all
3: the kind of they soap ma- dispensers and... Manufacturer? Manufacturer, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Armitage Shanks. Yeah, very... Great name for a punk band. Really good name, and they're doing Our Friends Electric. Yeah, so this is their version of Our Friends Electric. Let's hear this.
0: Kill a cigarette.
2: Stand. but I missed you tonight like I've done tons of times I don't think I mean anything to you
3: There we go. That was uh, Armitage Shanks and Our Friends Electric, and that's off the Rough Trade Covers comp, which I think sold out. So you Great. can't buy that anymore. So glad you're plugging that one. Um,
1: you can probably download it illegally. So. Yeah, take, I can I'm say just, that now. I've got
3: a couple of copies at home. Write to me. eBay. Check my eBay account. <laughs> Don't. Um, so Liv's here, Liv's the editor of the Rough Trade magazine, and she hasn't formed a band. She's leaving, um, which is sad. And so are you sad that to, I'm going. Yeah, really sad, yeah. Um good. It's been a tough few weeks. <laughs> People are leaving, moving on. And I'm sure you you'll be happy wherever you go. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: But um Yeah, it's gonna be a tough few months. Wherever for us. I end up? Probably back here. Probably to
1: be yeah. Just People. work working in the pub. The Golden Heart.
3: Work around the corner, work locally. Yeah. If you can get work locally it'd be good. Yeah. Um What's your what's how your journey to work? How long is that <laughs> at the moment? Why are you asking From me that? From the house. It's just trying Half to see. an hour? It's quite a long time, so it might be good to get a pub near your house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> trying to get rid of me, it's fine. I'm just
3: suggesting work. Okay, do yeah. You, are you going to go on to another magazine, do you think?
1: I'd like to make my own magazine. Nice. I've got an idea brewing in my head. I just need to get some cash.
3: Okay, so uh, we're looking for cash. This, looking for a cash cow. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, anyone out there who <laughs> wants to fund what sort of magazine? Funny, uh,
1: music, funny,
3: music and funny.
1: There's not many funny magazines out there. I want to try and. Um, oh, don't make. give the
3: idea away. <laughs> oh
1: God. Okay. Anyway, yeah, okay, right. so, I won't say anymore. Just, but
3: you yeah. are looking for money. You're looking mm-hmm. for a backer
1: mm-hmm. and
3: people to work with on that. Yeah. So that's what you're going to go and do. Doesn't sound like you've got a massive plan. No, I haven't. I don't no, know how I'm going to pay my rent no, to be honest. No. No, but, I haven't
1: had. I haven't ever not. Know what I was doing before, like this, but it feels quite nice actually. Yeah, doesn't feel bad. No, and my dad just said that I won't starve. I might not have a
3: house, but I won't starve, won't starve to death. No, because you can get food on the streets from food banks, and um, also you banks. can
1: just go into the bins and get it, or I can just come here and get a slice you of bread. You should come here
3: because we've always got food for you. Thanks. Um, did you? Always want to have your own magazine.
1: Yeah. In my yearbook at school, (laughs) I wrote um, as my...
3: How old are you here?
1: I would have been 17, 18. Okay. And I wrote that I would like to make magazines. That was it? A music magazine, I think, actually. And that's why when I got off the rough trade job, I was like, oh, great, finally. It's happened.
3: (laughs) Dream, done. I'm done.
1: Yeah, I didn't think I'd leave after two years, but I thought... I was like, great, just I'm on the right track here. And I always wanted to work on the radio, so hopefully... Well, you know my dream of hosting Desert Island Discs one day. Um, yeah, that's your dream.
3: I've got about, about this de- is a decade to... This sort of stuff, <laughs> when they hear this... <laughs> You're a few years away from that, but yeah. Yes. Why, why did you... How did you get into magazines?
1: Um, I used to read all my brother and sister's magazines when they were at boarding school. So my brother had FHM, Viz, Private Eye... Uh, like Maxim, the kind of old lads mags. I Thanks. really liked those. I liked all the cartoons, and I liked reading about sex stuff because I was like twelve, and it was like, okay, yeah. sex, right. sex, <laughs> sex. <laughs> I'm twelve.
3: Sex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe I was younger. Anyway, and then my sister would always also bring home um, copies of Vogue and stuff like that, and I would just read all them all the passion, time. Passion. I just really liked them because magazines are. I always, when I was at school, I used to imagine working on a magazine as being this very sociable job because you're meeting people all the time. And you're working with photographers and writers and you've got a team and you're working to a deadline. So I imagined it would be really fun and exciting and exhilarating. Now And I I haven't had a team here. It's just been me on my own making Rough Trade magazine. Lonely. But it's been lonely. Uh I've had you guys in Mail Order who I've been sat with for yep. the last few years. That's you're my team. And you've written for the magazine and yep. also asking everyone in Rough Trade to be a part of it and working with them and making sure that they got a go at writing an article or entering a band. That's been really fun. That's basically been the same thing. It's been the most enjoyable bit is getting people to contribute, yeah. forcing them to contribute for no money.
3: It's do you think you'd? <laughs> uh, do you think you'd um, work well if they, you had had a team?
1: Uh, no, I,
3: well, I've never had one, so I don't know. You don't strike me as a, a team player. Thanks. No, <laughs> in a nice way, you strike me as a sort of person. It's like I have an idea of how I want it to be, and you can join in for as long as I'm happy for you to join in, and then you leave me alone because I don't like what you're suggesting now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I
1: think it has been nice to have complete creative control and freedom over Rough Trade magazine yeah. and just do whatever I want. Also a lot of things I do are very sort of um last minute, so it'd be embarrassing actually to let someone in on, <laughs> on my process. Yeah.
3: You spend about a week on the magazine and three weeks just I don't know what you're doing. I'm spinning on my chair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> throwing things at Alex. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Ah oh, dear. Well, so this next choice, you're talking about mail order here. Yeah. This is a mail order choice, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So when I worked on the mezzanine up in Rough Trade East in the top bit, I would look and I would face you, Joff, and then I would also see Alex, back of Alex's head. Then I would also see Tom in front of me and you'd all be doing mail order together. And we would laugh a lot about yeah. everything. We'd have a very fun time. And it was around Christmas time where this also was on a comp that was playing a lot in the shop. It was... Um, I don't know, maybe it was like the first track on it. It was like the best of the year comp kind of thing.
0: Counterculture. It was Counterculture. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Best of the year. (laughs) Um, And I just remember whenever it came on, it just reminded us all of all the festivals we'd been to that year, all the gigs, and everyone has kind of like turned it up really loud and we'd all kind of bob along. And I can just picture Tom Marsden in front of me just jigging along to it because it's just so fun. And it's a great track. And it just, I think when I hear it, when I'm an old lady in a nursing home, I'm going to think... About...
3: Tom bobbing up and down. <laughs> Tom,
1: of Tom's, Tom's little head bobbing of up and Tom's down. Tom's moral, steady head bobbing up and down. No, I'll probably think of just all the fun and like how sometimes it can be totally manic here and um, going to all the festivals and getting really drunk and staying up really late. And this song is kind of like because it's fast. It just reminds me of it's like when I listen to it now, I almost see like kind of like a like a flip book of everything that's ever happened in Rough Trade. Magical. Okay. So hopefully, when I remember it, if I haven't got, haven't lost my mind and my memory by then, which I probably oh, you will. You'll
3: never forget this song by Car Seat Headrest. <laughs> no, oh, you can be. Well this you classic? You'll never forget this classic.
1: <laughs> remember to escape it.
3: <laughs> oh, God. Car Seat Headrest then.
1: Yeah, this is Car Seat Headrest with Fill in the Blank. What's up, guys?
3: Okay, that was car seat headrest and fill in the blank. Here we are at the Rough Trade shop with Liv, who's leaving today. And um, it's sad. We're all sad. Um, how's this going for you?
1: I think it's good. I don't know. I, 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 I feel like um, I'm still sweating, so I feel like I'm going to be really embarrassed about this later.
3: I don't think you should be embarrassed. I think this has been good. I found it interesting. and I'm sort of thinking it's kind of like a CV. This is like an audio C- CV for you to just hand out to people.
1: No, because it just talks about how no one likes me and you said that I wasn't well. a team player and then you kind of said, <laughs> that I said that I'm sweating. It's not an ideal CV.
3: Start. <laughs> Start with low expectations. Start with low. Yeah.
1: Um, if you
3: need bar work, that's going to be fine.
1: I wanted to ask you actually about contributing to Rough Trade magazine because there have been 18 issues of the magazine. Yeah. And you've contributed to Seventeen. So I remember after the first issue came out and everyone was like, who the fuck is this woman and what is this magazine? Yeah. I was having a cigarette outside and I saw you. And you don't. You were only kind of working part-time then. Yeah, I was
3: doing like...
1: I didn't really know who you were. And we just sort of started talking and I thought you were much younger than you are, which everyone does. Um, and well, actually, then we laughed. Yeah. We laughed about that. Um, and then we kind of became friends. And then we found that list on your computer of all the things that you're scared of. Yeah. Which kind of became one of the most amazing features in the magazine called Joff's Fears because it was a list that you wrote when, um, I guess over the years, it's probably about 90 items. It was actually it? when
3: I started on Twitter years ago. I didn't really know how it worked. Oh. So um, I just, that's all I did on Twitter was just be like, if I came across something I was scared of, I'd just write it on Twitter like fear number 34. And then and then that was it. And uh, people would respond. So I thought that was how Twitter worked. Uh, Years later, I think that was quite an odd way to start. But it really seemed to good. work. That's all I did on there. Just another fear. So in the end, I had a long list of like 67, 70 odd Yeah, fears. and it was a
1: great list. I mean, it, it covered yeah. a lot of ground on there. But I remember being sent it. And I think someone sent it round without your permission to embarrass yeah. you. I think it was probably Alex. Um, and then I asked you if you would like to write a fear per month in the magazine? And you said yes. And that actually became everyone's favourite feature. So every month you wrote (laughs) in detail about something you're scared of.
3: It's weird. I don't know know how it lasted so long.
1: Peanuts. I know. Peanuts because you haven't tried one in case you're allergic to them.
3: That was, yeah. The first one was bats in my hair. Getting bats in my hair and having to have my hair cut. It was
1: bats flying into my hair and them dying of fear and having to be cut out. Yeah. (laughs) cut away still
3: a really bad one that. another
1: one was the speed of mice yes um wind turbines putting warm food in the fridge oh
3: that was a bad one yeah <laughs> brains uh,
1: brains <laughs> mm, i can't remember Beaks. oh flu-like symptoms,
3: Beeps. <laughs> flu-like symptoms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but in a way th- th- what's my favorite thing about rough trade magazine is that it's got stuff like that in it you know it's 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 not really all about music and that's everyone's favourite feature. I mean, when I first found out that was everyone's favourite feature, not just staff, it was actually the, the general public. I was like, well, should I even be bothering <laughs> making the rest <laughs> of it? Should we just make a magazine
3: about Joss Fears?" We could have done that if we'd just kept going.
1: But thank you, know. you for contributing every single month and getting no, your column in on time. There's it's a lot to do.
3: It's, yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. And I'd, shout
1: out to Sarah Louise, who, Sarah yeah. Louise Barbette, who illustrates it beautifully every month, or did.
3: Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> incredible, incredible drawings there. Um, from Sarah. Loved her drawings. Loved the feature. I mean, it's, it was a weird one to get asked to do. Um, but you
1: said yes in a time where I yeah. needed everyone to say yes. It was and, I was,
3: and I really thought it would last maybe one, two issues. And I thought, but then I realised if I kept up the standard, and I had a standard, then I could stay in it every, every month. And it was amazing. Yeah. And then people would say they liked it. Remember that girl that came to interview you about the magazine? All she wanted to talk about was what you were scared of. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> she thought it was a Fears magazine about Fears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, do you know <laughs> me to be in Rough Trade with Rough Trade magazine. So Fears. Um, yeah, thank you for doing that. It's been it's fun. Great.
3: It's been really fun. Thanks for asking me. It's
1: okay. Um, the next track is actually to do with the magazine.
3: Okay. It's, I was I, looking at this now. I wondered, have you got a favourite issue?
1: Mm, yeah, number seven. or Leafs on the front. Leaves on the front, the yeah. autumnal Didi Dee Dee Dumbo issue. Very good pictures in there. We've got a lemon twigs feature. Really great photographs of Anna Victoria Best. We've got great photos, Taken in Australia by Jameson Moore, with an article by Hannah Welch, which is kind of like a weird situation I found myself in commissioning people who just seem to live in the same town as this person and we're up for going to interview him, which is amazing. Um but yeah, the Girl Ray issue, because I love Girl Ray. And I yep. knew they were going to be album of the month. And I was like, great, I get to hang out with Girl Ray more. So I got to uh, interview them. And, and I don't often do the interviews. I, I tend to commission out. But for this one, I was like, I'm going to do it. Because I haven't written for a while because I've been commissioning so much. And I used to write all the time. So I was like, I'm going to get back into writing.
3: Did you know them
1: before? Uh, I had met them once or twice, yeah. So you
3: kind of stalking them.
1: Yeah, but I was still a bit nervous around them because I get very nervous around bands sometimes yeah. if I really like them. I'm still nervous around them, actually. But we did this great... Um, photo shoot in the studio which was very fun and I bought them all a baked potato and we did a kind of catastrophic interview which I ended up turning into a kind of more like an essay about how much I love them but the whole issue was good and the cover was great and it was one that I'm very proud of and that album actually is one of my favourite probably my favourite of the year okay and um,
3: let's hear it Should we hear something off it yeah okay Uh, what what song do you want to play
1: my favourite Girl Ray song um, is one that I heard a while back and I just kept on I was just obsessed with it listened to it probably about a million times and it's called Where Am I Now?
3: okay that was girl Ray and where am I now where am I now I'm You're- in the podcast <laughs> room at Ralph Trade and lives here um, and it's Liv's last day and we're all sad and it's the end of just your time here I mean the podcast will carry on
1: yeah someone else will do them you
3: know and the magazine will carry on
1: and I wish them very well <laughs>
3: do you I hope- wish them all the best <laughs> do, you, do, you, uh, do you hope it's a success The podcast without you?
1: Yeah I do yeah. I think I'm going to go And make my own one So I'm just hoping That they'll be more of a success Yeah So whatever happens here I just hope that doesn't Eclipse my new ones <laughs>
3: <laughs> do, do you ever get recognised By your voice?
1: Uh, yes it happened the other day In the shop um, sometimes I get mistaken for Poppy and Girl Ray visually and then my voice yes. people sometimes stop me and say in fact this guy came up to me the other day in the shop and he was like he just grabbed my arm and he was like, your voice and I was like, yes and he just looked at me and I was like, oh the podcasts, right, <laughs> and he was like I listen to you while I shave oh. and um, I was like thank you, cool <laughs> so if you need to shave, yeah. you know what to listen to <laughs> but some, yeah it has happened a few times um, but, you know, I, I, I stood near Adam Buxton at End of the Road Festival and hearing him talk to his kids about what they wanted to have for breakfast was very odd it's because quite weird. Yeah. it's it's a voice that I know so well through his podcast and then hearing that in... Not that I'm comparing myself to Adam Buxton. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> One of the most famous podcasters at the
3: moment. Um, but, yeah, that is quite odd. Yeah, I was the same with Victoria Derbyshire I ever heard earlier in <laughs> the day. Who and it was, she's She does, like, five live and stuff. Um, yeah, she's a, she's on radio <laughs> Anyway, I heard her talking, I think she's on BBC Radio 2 now, um, and it was weird hearing her voice, because you know the voice, but obviously I don't know what she looks like. No. Um, what did
1: she, don't say. Uh, she was okay. She was
3: okay. Yeah. She, she was, okay. <laughs> was alright. I, mean, I don't
1: think you should say she, she was okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, what are you saying, like, was she, did she live up to the voice? Yeah, that's what I mean, she did, did she like, look like the voice? She looked like I expected her to, which is strange. Oh. Do you think you look like you? people expect you to from your voice
1: um, I I don't know I think I probably let
3: me just close my eyes you carry on talking
1: <laughs> I think um, my voice is quite low and oh no much fatter no <laughs> fatter have I got a fat voice carry on yeah try again okay oh wait, how did I a fat voice
3: <laughs> 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 um, no, I think you look like I think you look like you sound
1: maybe yeah some days I sound a bit gravelly
3: yes so people might think you're older. Probably from just smoking fags
1: and drinking. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what some artists did and they had a, a tremendous voice. You oh, know, absolutely. Karis Matthews, that was from, yep. well, she's got a great voice anyway, but...
3: Marion Faithful, Yeah. Um, Bob
1: Dylan to an extent, because his voice has yep. changed so much.
3: Leonard Cohen, I imagine.
1: Maybe, yeah, probably.
3: <laughs> you're not going you to agree with that one, though. No. Nah. Okay. <laughs> Um, um, so I guess we... We're nearly to the end now, at the end of your time here. Are you going straight, you're going to be escorted off the premises now?
1: Yep. Yeah, this my is
3: it. Oh, they're coming for us.
1: Pictures of my <laughs> kids I don't have in my frames and my plant. Have in, you
3: got a box Yeah, A
1: cardboard box. <laughs> with my telephone cord hanging out the side.
0: <laughs>
3: and my tie askew. <laughs> Do you, you see, you're laughing about it now, but are you sad?
1: Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like the most fun two years you can ever imagine. When I talk to other people about their jobs, a lot of people don't have really great jobs. They're not as fun as coming to a record store every day and hanging out with about 15 people who you love and make you laugh all day. And then you just kind of, at the end of the day, you can watch your favourite band play in your office where you work and then you can have a beer and, you and can... then you get to go to a gig with all your friends afterwards. It's It's very fun. And making the magazine has been very rewarding because it comes back every month you feel like a sense of completion every time yeah so it's quite fulfilling it's not just kind of endless um toiling for no gain so you can always kind of hold what you've made in your hand and you can make the podcast so you get to meet all your favorite artists it's pretty much yeah. a dream job so leaving that is is very difficult
3: But you gonna be okay <laughs> <laughs> i think you'll be fine no we'll, we'll you know just carry on turning out. you know it won't be as happy a place I think that's, you know, mm. that's one of those things, you know, you, I think, you know, it will be a sad, sadder place now. No way. I think it will. I'm looking around now at the shop and I'm not seeing any obvious candidates to bring um, Abraham. He starts about five.
1: Yeah. He gets happy about five.
3: Um, you're,
1: you're fun. Come on. You I make just, everyone laugh. Uh,
3: but you do know. bounce
1: off everyone else, don't you? You need some bounces. But enough. you've got Alex and Tom. Yeah, so. Alex
3: is here. Tom's here. Um, John's still here a couple of weeks yeah Yeah, it's going to be great everyone's going to
1: move on and one day we're all going to look back on this time at Rough Trade in the pub and we're going to laugh so much about all the stupid stuff that happened all the stupid things that's the best thing is like meeting up with someone you used to work with and laugh about just the ridiculous stuff that happens Yeah, all the stuff that stuck to that wall up there that we laugh at you know
3: yeah it's going to be exactly you'll probably be head of shortlist mm. magazine and or God, maybe working at Radio One Extra, um, and uh, you, you look back on this time. And say, oh, we're Five oh.
1: Live, I imagine. <laughs>
3: you more Five Live. <laughs> um, I don't think you should be trusted around. Daily Mail and Five Live, <laughs> um, um, Yeah. Um, but so we're going to play one more song. Think, My bonus is, track. Get a bonus track. Yes. It's yeah um, because well cause you chose six. No. <laughs> so sorry. bonus track time so We'll I, lead out with it. Just to be clear, John who does the editing for these podcasts doesn't like it when I go over five. I did Brent Cobb once did a like a podcast with and he was drunk <laughs> and um he was he wanted seven. <laughs> so he did seven and um Did John kick off? John wasn't happy, he wasn't happy no. So John, um sorry about this, but we're gonna choose a sixth one. Yeah, it's a good um, one, though. It's a really good one, and it really ties in with the magazine. Yeah, that's um, why I picked it as a bonus. Tell me, it's, So it's Jonathan Richman's song. Yeah. Tell me about how Jonathan Richman came to be writing for the Rough Trade magazine.
1: Well, when I first started and I didn't have any friends, I was, I was a bit like a kind of kid in a candy shop in terms of what I wanted to put in the magazine because it was like a kind of, you know, I wanted to do horoscopes and embarrassing moments and an agony on all this kind of classic magazine stuff. And I was like, who should I get to do it? And so I knew I wanted the Agony Aunt to be someone quite prolific mm. and good and to be the same every month so that people kind of get to know someone. And then I remember going on Jonathan Richmond's website to try and find him for something else. Then I saw on his website, he, it put, he had written, uh, Jonathan never does anything for the internet, so don't ask, don't even bother asking or something like that. So I wrote to him saying, I'm making a magazine. I'll let you do whatever you want, but I'd love you to be the Agony Aunt. And he got back and he was like, "Yeah." Well, a woman called Debbie got back because Jonathan Richmond hasn't got a phone or a computer, and she was like, "I work with Jonathan, so he's up for this." Just spoke to him.
3: Um, Ow. Ow. I just wrote to him. That's what might, is, I think
1: it? he might have a landline.
3: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um And so he would. He was like, "Yeah, he's up for it." So she was like, "Just get just get questions from the general public and send them to me via email. I'll type them up and post it to Jonathan. He'll." Type his reply back, send it to me, and I'll type it up into email and send it to you. And that's just how it's been for 18 issues now. That's it. Yeah, and he's stopped now. But having him in the magazine every time has been great, because it doesn't even say, like, Jonathan Richmond in big letters. It's just Ask Jonathan. Yeah. And no one even knows it's really in the magazine. And also, some people don't even believe it's him. No, but it is him, yeah. And that's just the nicest thing about it. We're not, like, shouting about it all the time. We're not going on about it. It's just... A lovely feature in the magazine people write in asking questions about love and life and families and he answers in really beautiful ways and yeah. yeah he's just the best good to have him in there
3: amazing to have him in there I think it kind of shows how the magazine was just so perfect for the shop um yeah it just you know when Robert Forster was in the other week and he was saying how he'd read every issue oh yeah that he's was a amazing. fan that's amazing so you're a fan of him he's a fan of you yeah. circle's complete.
1: I wonder who else is reading it. I love when people say it's that they've... That. That's
3: it. That's probably <laughs> it.
1: When people say they've come across issues in like really far-flung countries.
3: Yeah, where's the furthest you've you've, you've reached?
1: don't know. I think Japan. Space. Space. The jungle.
3: Japan's quite far.
1: Yeah. Any kind of... Anyone who finds one or people who kind of take them to visit as friends and get them out. As a prize.
3: Yeah, there's a prize in it for anyone. Right in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so- thank
1: you before I... Um, go. Thank you to everyone who has read the magazine and bought one because it's helped a lot. And anyone who's written in with complaints or compliments or anything. It's helped you. It's helped your self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Would you say you you leave the place a happier, stronger person than you joined?
1: Yeah, and definitely unhealthier.
3: Unhealthier but happier.
1: Unhealthier but happier. And emotionally stronger? Much more. And I've got like a thousand
3: new friends. A thousand new friends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well this song is for all those thousand friends who are <laughs> listening right now. It's been amazing. Thanks for um coming in and doing this today. That's it wasn't fine. far. Thank Not you. just upstairs. It no. wasn't difficult. And um it got me out of work for an hour.
1: You're a great host. I think you should take you should take this.
3: Nah, run this is, with it. I would like to be a DJ too, actually. I'd like to be a DJ now. Okay. <laughs> now that we've done this, I would like to be a DJ. And I want a magazine. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, I hope there's an opening.
1: <laughs> Kicking me out the door.
3: <laughs> you can leave now.
1: <laughs> Good luck enjoying <laughs> Joff's content. Um, this is, thank you Joff for entering me like this. Feels weird, but thank you.
3: And it's been nice to chat. Um, Jonathan Richmond's going to finish it all off.
1: Yeah, this is, song? is uh, my favourite Jonathan Richmond song, which is that oh, summer feeling. I love this song. Here you go.
3: Here we go.
4: Folks, when there's things to do, not because you gotta. When you run for love, not because you oughta. When you trust your friends with no reason, not a. This joy I've named shall not be tamed. That summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your summer life. Feeling,
0: summer feeling, feeling, summer.
4: When the cool of the pond makes you drop down on it When the smell of the lawn makes you flop down on it When the teenage car gets the cop down on it That time is here for one more year That summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your life If you've forgotten what I'm naming, Ooh, you're gonna long to reclaim it one day. You see, that summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your summer
0: life. Feeling, dip dip, summer feeling. But
4: if you wait until you're older, Ooh, a sad resentment will smolder one day, and then this summer feeling will come haunt you oh, oh, oh. Then that summer feeling will come taunt you oh, oh, oh. That summer feeling will hurt you Later in your summer life
0: I speak of do, do, summer, summer feeling.
4: feeling When the playground that just was all dirt Comes haunting at someone you? who called you a flirt comes taunting. It's not that these things alone were appealing. What I'm now revealing is a certain feeling that summer feeling is gonna haunt you the rest of your life. What time? Well, just me. When the Oldsmobile has got the top down on it. When the moran has got the drop down on it, when the flat of the land has got the crop down on it, what I now proclaim is sort of hard to name, but that summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your life. Fourth grade starts looking good, which you hated. And first grade's looking good too, overrated. And you boys long for some little girl that you dated. Do you long for her or the way you were? That summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your summer life.
0: Feeling, that, summer <laughs> that, feeling,
4: that feeling's gonna haunt you. That feeling's not cool. the hard as yeah. summer feeling wow. That summer feeling That summer feeling That summer feeling
2: Rough Trade Radio The War on Drugs A deeper understanding Available in store and online at roughtrade.com